Hello everyone. I want to welcome you back to See the Sunrise. This is season two and episode 37. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. It is in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse three. That's where the Lord spoke to the prophet while he was in prison. He said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing, not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. Today I have with me Ronnie McBerry. She is a licensed radiation therapist providing care to those battling cancer. She is the author of Embracing a New Normal, God Has Drawn the Blueprints, Volumes 1 and 2, Words That Surround Your Soul Devotionals, and her newest release, Just Start Praying, and a host of blog posts on her website. Ronnie is the mother of two children and two granddaughters, making her home in Cincinnati, Ohio, with her husband, Sonny. So I want to welcome you, Ronnie, and thank you so, so much for your willingness to sit with me and have this podcast, or I like to say, just, just these discussions that sometimes we don't have. We've known each other for quite some time, and you've been engaged in ministry for quite a while now. So hello and thank you. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm just very humbled to spend some time with you and to talk to all your listeners. Um, I'm just very excited. Oh, thank I, you. I, I'm just really, I can't wait to see what you reveal because whenever we I do these, I never come in with a script. I'm, I'm thinking, or I, I believe that the spirit will just guide us because there may be someone listening that really, really needs to hear the message that you have. This month, I'm talking about Thanksgiving and I thought you were the perfect person to head it off for a number of reasons. So I won't get into it because we'll probably get into that uh, as we talk, but I'm sure you'll give your, our listeners uh, something to really think about. So I think first I want to start with the question as a, you know, you deal with cancer patients. So as a licensed radiation therapist, what are some of the things that you encounter or that you see in your field? Uh, you know, when you treat cancer patients, you're not only just treating their physical um, ailments. Sometimes you have to really look at what's going on mentally, try to lift people out of depression, um, sadness. You know, they have families. We treat people, whether we're treating them for a cure or just for palliative pain relief. I mean, you see an array of uh, different mental statuses as well as what's going on physically. Mm -hmm. And so if, as a therapist, my goal is to always uh, really learn about my patient and try to remember little things about their lives. If they see us, some people come in for like every day for a month, not the weekends, but every day for a month or 10 days or just a few days. But so I try to remember something about them. So when they come back in, I can ask them, how did the play go? How was your granddaughter's your soccer um, game and things like that? Something to take their mind off of battling cancer, something to take their minds off of what they're facing and that they're just not, you know, cancer, cancer, cancer all the time, but something to um, just take their minds off of what they may be battling. Right. So now I know, and you and I, you know, we've known each other for years and I've watched your growth and faith. And I know a lot of times when it comes to our careers, 
We're supposed to stick with what we've been taught. We're not supposed to talk religion, but I'm gonna just jump in and insert here before we move forward in talking about the patients. How, tell me about your faith. How does that influence you? And then how it influences what you do with your patients? Because a lot of them, I mean, they're face, some are facing, you know, they, they have this number that the doctors have said, this is it. So tell me about your own faith journey and, and why you feel so strong in that. Well, my own faith journey includes battling illness myself, not cancer, but in 2014, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And it was a pretty, anytime you have a gastrointestinal issue, it's hard to diagnose. So by the time we, I received that diagnosis, I was pretty bad off. But my faith was strong because I knew that God was my anchor, that he's my source, my source of healing. And I really expected him to lead me to the right doctors to get me uh, you know, back together again, to stand on his word. And so for me, even for my patients now, because it is healthcare, it's a fine line of what you can say uh, you know, religiously, but if someone opens the door that they are a believer, then I, I jump in and try to be as encouraging as I can. I'm encouraging to every patient, but if someone um, talks about faith and I'm allowed to talk about faith as well and, and really encouraging them to stand on God's word, continue to speak his word over their lives, over their bodies, because it's the word that's going to change uh, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, what what um, what we stand on. Because if we don't have our anchor in what God's word says, he spoke and then the world came into being. So we know that his words have power, mm -hmm. his words have meaning. And so if I can even let someone know that even even if someone's a non-believer, but by my kindness and by my compassion, because Jesus was moved by compassion. Mm -hmm. When we look, there's uh, scripture after the scripture that he was moved by compassion. He looked out, he was moved by com compassion. When he looked at Jerusalem, he was moved by that. And so whatever way I can, I try to infuse my faith again, even if it's just a hug right now, you know, we're wearing masks and things. Hugs are limited, but we still try to hug people on their last day. I still try to, you know, be as uplifting as I can. Mm -hmm. I think my faith and what I've gone through allows me to have empathy, uh, probably beyond a little bit more than maybe someone who hasn't had the struggle of uh, being afraid or being fearful of not knowing what your health status is going to be moving forward mm -hmm. for per se. So, I'm gonna I go mean, I, I try as much as I can. I want to dig a little deeper because you indicate how strong your faith is and how much you believe in the Lord and how the word helps you. But I met you as a teenager. I was a lot younger right. too. So, <laughs> but as a teen, your faith wasn't like that. And I think I, I think um, when we kind of went in our own ministry journeys at that time, you didn't know what was going on with your body. So that had to be about 20 plus years ago, correct? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what I often talk about is uh, my two-time health crisis. So when I was uh, sick after I had my daughter, and now looking back, we know apparently I had Crohn's disease and just didn't know it. So definitely by God's grace that I'm still here to have walked so long without any kind of um, 
looking into that to, to that, but I was very ill and I didn't think I was going to live then. And, and so, no, I did not have strong faith. I thought that, you know, I went to church, mm-hmm. but I did not have a personal relationship with the Lord. So at the time I was just trying to live. I was very angry at him because I felt like, okay, I'm going to church. Why am I, you know, we always think why me, like whether even the most faithful might even have moments like why me. And so back then I really was like, why me? I tried to hide my anger for many years because even after I got better, you know, I still tried to act like oh, I was, I loved the Lord so much at that time, but really I still wasn't spending any time with him. And, uh, I kind of just did not like him. I mean, I wasn't even trying to listen to him. If he was trying to talk to me, I was just, I just pretty much cut him off. Uh, and so how just many years did you do that? What you say, how many years would you say, okay, I'm going to keep you at a distance, Lord, because I've been sick. You know, I don't understand. I've been a faithful, you know, Christian. How long did it take? And what was the switch or if there's such a thing, because a lot of times people want to know, you know, how did you get there? Because they may be dealing with something like what you're saying, like not knowing what's going on with their body. And they have been faithful like you are or you were. And now this illness has come upon them. How, what was that thing that finally turned for you? I think, uh, well, I ended up going to a church that really pushed you building your own personal relationship with the Lord. Like they, you know, spending time in your word daily, praying and not that I got it overnight, but I slowly started to read the Bible because let's face it, most people don't even like to read the Bible. It's boring. It's just a bunch of rules and laws. And so if you look at the Bible that way, then no, you will not get what you need. You will not um, see it as the living word. But once you really start to see how much love is in the scriptures, that's the thing. I think some people just want the rules and the law, but no, there's a reason that those were in place. God's love for us, God wanted us to able to be able to survive what was going on in the world. Like, um, so once you really get in there and see that there's so much more to that, and then prayer, I tell people, even though I write prayers daily now, I used to hate praying. Like I hated praying. I, I just felt like I didn't have the right words and things like that. So, but once my relationship started building, I started journaling first, like just writing in a notebook prayers. And as I got more comfortable then, and, and also more comfortable as I read the word, I just started praying some of the scriptures. And mm-hmm. so that again was just um, something that helped me to get closer to him to really, again, work on, um, realizing that he was there for me because I, I for the longest I just didn't didn't think he was on my side like mm-hmm. I thought I was like on the hate list you know or like you know Santa Claus good or bad I was like on the naughty list and he just was not in my corner but once I really my eyes the scales started to come off and I really see looking back how many times he even tried to you know mm-hmm. uh, speak to me or get closer or really just console where I was at because when you're in physical pain, I, it's hard to hear the Lord because the pain is so intense, but really looking back and like, man, he was really trying to console me in those times. And so, uh, yeah, just, just 
really working on building a one-on-one relationship with him is what kind of catapulted me. You you touch on a couple of points I want to talk about because a lot of times when people are asking us, well, how did you get there? And, you know, what happened as if there is a recipe, which in a way there really is no recipe, but there is right. in a sense, because I think of C.S. Lewis, he wrote this book called Mere Christianity. And he talks about as if, it, and this isn't in the preface, he talks about that the church is like a, a, a house with many, or a hallway with many doors, meaning all the different denominations and all the different, you know, ways of worshiping. And he said, that you can get fed in any one of them, in any one of those doors. But when you stop getting fed, come back to the hall and find a different door. And I know you, you stayed with you know your whole faith foundation from Christianity from that perspective. But what you you did was okay. I'm not getting what I need here. So you went where you could get what you needed. So I hear you saying that. And then the other part I hear is relationship. And I think that's the part that people miss. Because God is a God of relationship. You know, you think of him and his son and the relationship he had with him. And when, you know, uh, when he was transferred, he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You think of that in relationship. And so we think of it as people of faith. If God calls us his adopted sons and daughters, what he's saying is, I want a relationship with you. And in that pursuit, it sounds like what you were saying is when I went and started reading and started looking at the book to develop a relationship, all of a sudden it became alive. Am, am I putting words in your mouth? Or is that really kind of? That really is kind of what happens. What, what happens to me is because you, you look at it, you're not looking at it as a, just the do's and don'ts. You're looking at love in, in, in this words, in the scriptures. And so I think learning to realize that this is supposed to be a lifestyle. Like it's not, I'll go to church on Sunday. I give my hour or two and, you know, I thank them, say a prayer with, you know, the preacher or then, and then I go home and the rest of the week, I'm just, you know, free to do what I want and not have any contact with him. And I even think sometimes we think God doesn't care about the little things in our lives, but even if once you learn to even open up to him about the little things, you'll just be amazed how he can guide you and, and lead you just even in simple things. Even at work, if I get flustered, if I can just steal myself for a minute and pray like, Lord, I need your wisdom. He'll just whisper something and it, it, it works. You know, I do it and it works out. And people don't really realize that. They don't realize that God really wants to be involved in our lives beyond our church service and maybe volunteering a day or something to, you know, a clothing drive or something like that. So, and you, I mean, I think once we're ahead. open to that, things yeah. change. You know, and it's interesting because when you think of relationship, I lost something that was really valuable. I thought I lost it. I had put it away and I had been away for a while and I went looking for it, could not find it. I mean, I tore my house apart for three or four hours. And then I just finally sat down and said, Lord, show me where I put it. Do you know when I looked where I, I was standing somewhere in the house and he told me to look and that's exactly where it was. So I think people don't realize God being a God of relationship, even that little thing, even though to me it was a big thing, I'm thinking I should have remembered where I put it. Am I getting Alzheimer's or what? You know, I'm not trying to make light of that, but just knowing that he cares about little stuff. And would you say in the context of being ill, that sent you on your pursuit of God, even though you were angry with him? I don't want to put words in your mouth. 
Right. Even though I was angry with him, I think once I, you know, I decided like, you know, maybe I need to look at this differently. Maybe I need to really, because I really didn't know what God said about someone being ill. Like, you know, what does he say about healing? What does he say when we're physically ill? You know, you hear people by stripes, you're healed. But like when you are going through symptoms and things like that, how do you stay anchored? Because that's where people can believe all day. Then you get some people or even me, I can get very painful symptoms. So it's like, do I let the symptoms leave what I think? Or do I stand firm and anchored in God's word about healing that I am healed? That, you know, the the symptoms is not really, they're there. I'm not going to say they, you know, people don't claim it. If they're there, they're there. But you know, I continue. It's like, no, by God's stripes, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. And I'm going to stand on that regardless of what these symptoms are trying to say. I'm going to stand on the fact that Crohn's is, was uh, put on the tree. He was, it became a curse to Jesus. He took that. So I'm not going to uh, say that I, you know, I'm just going to just deal with the symptoms and that's, that, that's it. And that's all I have. And uh, and all of that. I don't let the symptoms define who I am. And so I've done really well, I think, because of my stance on it. And so I keep going. And I'm not saying people are on med- If you need to be on medicine, you have to be on medicine until your faith builds. Even mm-hmm. for me, I'm still building my faith up to, you know, see where, where we're going to go, how far we're going to go. But health-wise, I've come a long way. I had, I had, um, I had a dermatologist, a colorectal surgeon, a GI doctor. It took three different fields and and it happened very organically to help me get back together. It wasn't something that was planned. It just happened. But I asked the Lord, like, you need to lead me to the doctors. That's going to get me well. And that's exactly what he did. I was going to ask that question. It was like, how, how did you find the physicians? You prayed about it? I prayed about it. And then... What happened was I actually was seeing a colorectal surgeon first for some minor issue, I thought. And then um, when I started, because I, I, well, I'll just be honest, I had a partial hysterectomy. So after I healed from that, that's when I went into what they call true Crohn's symptoms at some point, not a, not initially. And so I just thought, you know, they was like, well, you need to see a colorectal surgeon. So I saw her and then she put me on like this regimen. And when I came back to her six weeks later, like I lost 25 pounds. Like I was a wreck. And she was like, what on earth happened? And I was telling her all the things that had been going on. She was like, I think you have Crohn's disease, but I, a GI doctor has to make that decision. I'm like, I would make not that decision, but go in and do a colonoscopy. If you don't mind, if I'm not being intrusive, mm -hmm. could you define a little bit what is Crohn's disease? I know we're not trying to do anything medical, but just so people can get a perspective. It is an inflammatory bowel disease. So uh, some people call it the bathroom disease. I don't, I don't like that reference because it actually can affect a lot more issues. It's not just a, now sometimes stress and things can make you have what they call a flare up. But I mean, there's other, like for me, I don't, I don't have that. I have more skin issues, more, uh, you know, if arthritis, some, mm-hmm. you know, I had inflammation in all my joints. I could hardly, by the time I was diagnosed, I could hardly walk. So different I people can have different systematic things, but be right. diagnosed that way. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
And it's very painful. Like you think about when you eat some food that makes your stomach upset and, you know, what all the things that happen after you like, uh oh, I mean, that is pretty much how a Crohn's person could be living day to day, like very painful cramps. Uh, even now I have to watch what I eat. I have to know my trigger foods and, uh, you know, every plate of food is like Russian roulette. Cause even if you know your trigger food, sometimes it just, ha- you know, you can eat it in that one time. It's not going to sit right. So, and then it's very painful. So, so that explains um, some of the commercials I've seen and saying, don't let crows interrupt, crones interrupt your life. Um, it's like many autoimmune kind of things or compromises for our body. So you've overcome a lot. Would you say that that having an illness like that made you stronger in your faith? I would say yes, because I it, the first time around, like I said, when I was sick after I had my daughter and I was like, you know, God, I don't want to hear it. The, but the second time around, even though I did have some painful, painful moments, I I tried my best to stay in God's face. Like before I ran from him. And this time, like, here I am. You, I need help. Like, <laughs> like you have got to help me because I'm not going to make it unless you come in and do what only you can do. Right. And so, and again, and I, I think sometimes, you know, uh, as far as physical illness and doctors and different things, people don't want to go to doctors. You know, that could be a whole nother issue as well. But mm-hmm. I'm like, God, whatever way, I'm not going to say you can't heal through A, B, and C. If you, If that's the way you want to do it, then let's, let's do it. And so he just let, like I said, he led me to the doctors and the dermatologists. I was always already seeing one for my face. And then when I, once I saw her and she kind of found out what was going on with me, she stepped in as well. So I needed some, something to deal with my skin issues and then the, the other two areas. So, I mean, it just worked out. And so now I just see my GI doctor every six months just for like a follow-up. I do get infusions, but um, outside of that, like I'm not a normal Crohn's like ill all the time. And I've even been asked to talk to newly diagnosed Crohn's patients because they usually are having serious issues. They might've had part of their intestines taken out, all of that. They might have a, a colostomy bag. I mean, there's just so many dynamics and usually people are diagnosed like in their early 20s or even one late young lady i talked to sometimes she's in high school oh wow so it's very can be very traumatic because they might have to take out part of their intestines so let's go back then you were talking about when you started we talked about the cancer patients would you say that the things you have gone through have have given you your gifting and your calling of compassion for the patients that you interact with? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? I'm going to say this because our listeners may think, oh, this is a canned conversation. Absolutely not because it was through this conversation. I'm thinking that's where the compassion came from. God gave that to you as part of, as the body and the different gifts, the gift of compassion. Oh, yes. And sometimes I, what I say is I'll throw myself under the bus. If I feel like we can't, get someone we call them off the ledge they're crying they're upset and sometimes i say well you know i i battle an illness myself and i'll say crohn's disease and for some reason everybody thinks that's worse than cancer so they're like oh my god you poor and then it brings them out of their moment because then they get to be compassionate to another person uh-huh. and i 
but you know it but it helps me to really see pain sometimes people are not nice in pain but i realize it's it's pain like i don't take it personal because i know how pain can change your personality how it can change who you are because mm -hmm. you want to get out of pain you feel like no one's understanding you no one's helping you and so you lash out and so i think it just helps me to really try to help patients to get beyond like, you know, I know you're hurting. I'm still going to be kind to you. I'm still going to be uh, the same. I would be with someone who was super nice to me. I mean, that's what we do. And a lot of times I've had patients give me notes that, you know, you stuck in there with me and you really changed, changed, uh, you know, my perspective or help me, you know, you didn't give up on me, even if I was rude to you or nasty or things like that. So I think, uh, you know, when you've gone through different things, it just lets you have, have a different lens on someone else you see going through something. Mm -hmm. So then tell us, why are you thankful? This is a month of oh, Thanksgiving, oh. <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving, everybody wants to do the great, and I'm not dismissing any of that, any of you listeners, you like to do the gratitude journals. And I just think, we should be gracious or exercise gratitude every day. Um, you know, you've gone through a lot. I've watched you, but I've watched you evolve and just thrive. I know you were in dance ministry at one time, and that was just simply beautiful. And I didn't even know at the time you. that, you know, they the really, until just now, actually, the symptoms you were experiencing. So for you to be able to come through all of that and then just praise God with such elegance in your dance, and now you're doing it with your prayers and with the, the, the way you encourage individuals when they're coming in, you know, they think they're coming in for tests or whatever, and here you are ministering. Tell me the things that you're really thankful for. Well, I'm just, first of all, I'm thankful for God's love. And that's something, again, the enemy works so hard to try to make you think God doesn't love you. So I'm thankful just to be able to really realize his love for me and realize it more and more. Like we're on a journey until... God calls us home. So just realizing that more and more, I'm thankful that he allows me to, to speak for him, to speak on his behalf, to be uh, a, I got a kingdom ambassador for his kingdom. I mean, that is the, the most uh, precious thing that he would trust us to be his arms and his feet. I mean, to be really thankful for that uh, above anything else is just, um, you know, something that I've really have gravitated towards and you know we can be thankful for material possessions and stuff like that but you know i went through foreclosure and different things so when you don't have anything like you realize the material possessions i mean that, that is i mean yeah you're thankful for a roof and cars and things like that but it it can't be the end all be all mm -hmm. but really the the most thankful thing is to be able to love on others, to be able to encourage them in their most um, trying times. I mean, that's what I really hope that I can be a light to someone so they don't feel like they're in darkness. So I'm most thankful to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's interesting, you share just briefly a little bit of the things you've had to overcome. And, and here's the thing, I think a lot of times as people of faith, we think that we're not going to go through negativity, but what it has done is open the door for you to say, you know what, in spite of all of that, I'm thankful because I realize I can put in perspective, this stuff really means nothing in the really the bigger scheme of things. And then when it comes back, would you say you have just even a greater appreciation for restoration and the way God is with us? Oh, yes. 
because I, when I, because I lost my job in 2009 and I, you know, when you don't have income coming in, I mean, that you get a different perspective real quick on trusting in the Lord and, and making it through. So once you are restored, you realize that that is not, um, the, again, the end all be all that, that really God is the provider not necessarily a job and that to depend on him and know that even if you lost every possession, you still have God's love. I mean, I'm sure if people are like, well, that's easier to say, but I've, you know, you've done it. You've yeah, lived it. Yeah. I've done it. Like I've lived it. I lived, you know, getting a surprise. Let's go to human resources. There's no, uh, more surprising thing when you you get marched up to re human resources and they say you, you're about to lose your job and you didn't even know it was you got blindsided like there's no feeling there's no uh nothing that can prepare you for that and then trying to figure out how you're gonna make it how to keep lights on how to do because my field is very specialized so there wasn't any openings in the city it was like what am i gonna do and i had told the lord do not open any doors that I'm not supposed to walk in. So he did not open any doors. I ended up walking back into the same place that I got let go of about a year or so later. So mm -hmm. at the time I couldn't see that. I'm like, well, I always, even though I said don't open any doors that weren't meant for me, but then when no doors was open, I'm like, well, what? there's gotta be some door. And then, you know, he saw further than I did because I tried to get on in another, uh, location and that location ended up closing a couple of years later so even though i felt like i was going to get that job the reason he didn't let me get it was i'll be i would have been out of the job again so mm -hmm. and now and you know it's established where i'm at and things like that but it's just amazing how if you ask him to do mm -hmm. things and you stand on his word and don't what doubt it say if you abide in me and my word abides in you you can ask what you will and that's right. the part i think that um, sometimes we miss because G the Lord is not a genie in a bottle. He truly, right. truly is the God of relationship. And that's that whole abiding uh, influence, because if we're abiding in him, we're not going to ask for anything he doesn't want for us. And sometimes right. he wants us to ask, you know, a lot of times we get mad at our parents or whatever, and we want to ask. It's like, I'm not asking them because I know what they're going to say or whatever, but we don't know. God may say yes, or God may say wait, or God may say, as he showed you, if he, you had gotten the job that you applied for, you would have been out of a job again and then dealing with the same kinds of things. So I think that you bring the scriptures alive when you talk about the real things and situations in your life. I don't want to end our podcast too soon, but um, I do want to talk about your prayer journals because I know um, on Facebook we're friends and we're really friends on Facebook. You know, a lot of people on Facebook, they say they're your friend, but you don't really talk to right, them. So, right. But um, on, on Facebook, every day I notice or often you write prayers. What influences, because I love, I, I, I love pr my prayer, like, well, prayer language, my prayers. I love praying because it brings me into what I consider the quiet place, the throne room. And I can often feel his presence the spirit, you, if, especially if you engage in that way and it doesn't have, I'll let you talk about it. Tell me how you started with the prayers and why you find it effective and how can someone else do that? Sure. Like, like I, I'm always very honest with people about my, you know, I, and I say hatred. I did not like praying. I did not, whether it's praying in public or even at home, I wasn't doing it. I just felt like 
you know, I just wasn't good at it because I think we think that it has to be a certain way. It's got to be a, a certain wording and different things. Like you could just be like, Lord, I need you now. Lord, uh, give me your wisdom to make it through this situation. Lord, you know, here I am. I don't know what to do, but I want to just come on your in your presence. Can you comfort me? Can you console me? And so, you know, the Lord just really told me to start praying on social media. And I'm like, every day? <laughs> like, how am I going to come up with, as we say, material, but the prayers every day. And he really just takes the pen. Like, I will read a scripture sometimes and it, the prayer comes or it could be something I saw during the day or different things like that. But just even trust him to, because those are intercessory prayers, just to, for him to provide what I need to say from the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so really, I encourage people to just consider you're talking to him. I think, again, we make it so much like it has to be a certain ritual or, you, you know, you got to be in a certain room. It's got to be dark. You know, you got to be. You know, of course, you want prayers where you're kneeling, but, you know, you got to be always, you know, on your knees or, or things like that. Or people don't realize they can pray at work. They can pray in their car. They can pray as they're walking. I mean, again, but it comes back to really knowing that God is relational and he wants a relationship with us. And once I think we really grasp that, then we want to talk to him more. We want him to know, hey, this is what happened my day to day, like, you know, it was rough. I had, you know, cause it rains on the just and unjust. So no one, even though, even if your prayer life is fantastic and all that, that doesn't mean it's going to spare you from any of life's difficulties. Right. But the great thing is, is to pray in those difficult times. And that's what I really want to come, not convince, but tell people like, don't, that is the time to go with, go mm -hmm. to him. Cause a lot of times when we're going through difficulties, that's where we kind come. of cut the communication up. Yeah, we get quiet mm -hmm. instead of talking more. And so even when people reach out for me, and I don't mind praying for people, but I'm very, uh, I will very openly ask them if they pray themselves. Like, are you praying for yourself? Like, I can pray on your behalf. Yes, but God wants to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. Are you praying? And they're sometimes a little taken aback by that. Like, you got to do some work too. Like, mm -hmm. it's not just... I'm not saying that God won't hear someone on your behalf, but he really wants to hear your voice. And once people really understand that, then they can, you know, begin even with the, just the Lord help me or Lord, I don't know what to do, mm -hmm. you know? And in prayer, a couple of things came up when you were saying that one was posture. You're right. We don't have to be on our knees because the Lord tells us to pray without ceasing and praying without ceasing really is having those conversations, but tuning out, all of the outside noise because you're wanting to engage with the spirit of God that lives within us. Those of us who have accepted Christ as our savior. And, you know, I know, and you know, as a fact that he does speak back to us and sometimes he speaks in silence. And so, yes, we can pray at anything. You pray standing, sitting, laying in bed. Um, you know, people have knee issues. I've had knee issues. It's, it's not about that. God can, he's concerned about the posture of your heart. He knows right. what your intentions are when you're praying. Um, you can say that you're praying that God give you a job, but he knows when you get the job, you're going to go out and you know blow it on things that really won't provide what you need. And so that's why it's important to be hooked up or uh, connected with him so that you know uh, what to do. And then if someone wanted to just really get started praying and 
getting accustomed to, okay, I'm praying, I'm not hearing anything. What are they talking about? How would you say, just, just in a very simplistic way, how would they start? Really just start, I, one of the best things to do is just uh, what I tell people, look up a promise. If you're struggling, say you're wanting to pray mm -hmm. because there's a certain matter you're going through. Mm -hmm. I tell people, Google, Google scriptures on, you know, God's promises. financial needs, mm -hmm. uh, scriptures on illness, and then take that scripture and pray it out. Take, you know, see how that scripture speaks to your heart mm -hmm. and just pray that out. And that's one of the, I think the quickest and easiest ways to really connect with the Lord because mm -hmm. you're speaking his word back to him. Even if you don't realize you're really doing that at that time. But I mean, just to take a scripture and really turn that into a prayer is probably one of the easiest and quickest and most heartfelt ways to, to really um, get in touch with him. And then realizing that, again, God is not a genie. So just because, oh, I pray one time. Okay. But that you know, again, what, where is the relationship at? What, what are you doing to build that up? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. once you realize that and really, again, just realizing that the word of God, the Bible is filled with promises that we can go to back to him because he's watching over his word. He's and upholding to his perform. word. So yeah. if you yeah. pray back his word, you're going to get his attention. Right. Right. And I'm going to piggyback on that when you're saying pray, pray his word. Um, you know, even if you have to keep repeating it, the same prayer every day until you right. sense that the real full meaning, because contextually, sometimes we take scripture out of place. We, we say things, you know, when I, I remember someone saying, uh, well, the Lord, the, the, no, they said this preacher told me that I could ask the Lord for what I want and he would give it to me. I said, no, 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 no. You're missing the part. You got to talk about if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you will ask. Because here's the thing. If you're abiding in Christ, you're not going to ask for anything that he doesn't want for you. And he may want you to pray for it because he wants you to know it is him that's granting this and that he is truly the head of, of your life. And I could go on and on because you know how preachers are, they just run their mouth a lot. But I just think that your insight, you know, dealing with uh, patients every day, I mean, you're dealing with sickness and potential death every single day. How do you, tell me how that, how you're grounded so that you keep and maintain that hope. Really, it, and it really is about, first of all, realizing that I'm trying to help someone. And then I don't have, there are times that I am crying too, because I'm, I don't understand, uh, you know, people die, some people die, some people make, make it through, like some ones you might not think are going to make it, they make it, and ones you thought you were, they were going to make it, they don't. And so just realizing that God's ways are higher than mine, I think really trying to keep that in mind and not get um, depressed about what I'm seeing, but really trying to make sure that I make people smile. I, I'm pretty um, uh, sarcastic at times. And sometimes I do it because it does make people smile. Like if I, if they're crying or upset, I'll just say something silly and they'll start laughing in the midst of their crying. And so really it's about knowing I'm here to make someone feel better the best that they can when they're in my care. Mm -hmm. and, and and that's what keeps me grounded. Even when we see like some of the saddest things, even today I found out a patient that we really like passed away. And so 
you know, just trying to keep in context what they were going through, the pain they were suffering, and still realizing that God is good. Like God is good all the time. And, and you know, I know sometimes when we view things, we might not like, how is he good all the time? He is, he's still good. He's still sovereign. He's going to be there to console where we're at. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, his goodness is all around and that's what I focus on. So before we end, one, I would like you to say a prayer for someone out there who may be dealing with illness right now, um, something that would give them hope. Sure, sure. Lord, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your hand of grace, your hand of mercy, that you surround us with your healing graces and your healing powers, Lord. We just ask that you um, cover someone who's hurting right now, cover someone who is in a battle for their lives, Lord, and they are giving up hope. Remind them that you are in charge. Remind them that it is by um, the blood of Jesus that we are healed and that we are to stand on that word. We understand on what he did for us, his sacrifice, what he has done to, to make a way that we can be whole and complete and that we confess with our mouths that we are healed, that we confess in our hearts, Lord, that we believe yes, in the power, in the strength, in the might of Jesus Christ, because he continues to uphold his word. So we ask that we, he uphold his word and someone who is suffering, someone who is hurting, yes, someone who feels like they're at the end of their road, yes, Lord. And I thank you for who you are. I thank you for being our strong tower, our way maker. I thank you that even when we feel like we're at the end of the rope, you still send a word. You still send someone with a smile. You, you send someone with a hug that lets us know that you are still in our midst, that you still care, that you are not somewhere just not seeing who we are, or how we're doing, but you are right there in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our struggles, that we can just open our spiritual eyes and concentrate on who you are. So I thank you, Lord, for those lives that you touch every day, those yes, those yes, ones Lord. who feel like they're, they're in such despair because you are near to those who are brokenhearted. You are near to those who are crushed. So I just ask that you allow your spirit to be felt in them and that you continue to uphold your word of healing, of strength within them. It is in your son, Jesus Christ's in name Jesus that I pray. Amen. 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 Ronnie, thank you so, so much. And and hopefully those of you who are listening can see how easy it is to pray because this is something you pray from your heart. There doesn't need to be a script. Now, you have a lot of books and um, you have a website. Will you give us that information so if someone wants to follow you or purchase your books? Sure. They can go to my website, RonnieSays.com. So Ronnie is spelled R H. O-N-I-E, and then says S-A-Y-S dot com. And so there you're, you'll get um, blogs. I send out a blog once a week along with a prayer. And maybe you're, you're a pastor, maybe you're part of my encouragement uh, village. So there are blogs from Pastor Mamie on there as well. And then also there's, there's links to my books on there, or you can just go to um, Amazon itself. But I'm, if that's too hard, you can just go right to the website and if there's links to get to all the books. And I'm very humbled. I'm very um, 
just grateful for anyone who decides to read anything that I write. Like I don't, I don't take that for granted. Know that every word I, I lay before the Lord because I want to make sure that it is His Spirit, His Holy Spirit, that is touching hearts Amen. and minds and bodies and Amen. and doing what only He can do. Amen. So I thank you again for having me on the show. Oh, you're so so welcome. You know, having watched you grow from a young person to the person that you are today. And just to see how the spirit of God has moved you. And even through trying times, you've come out stronger. So I feel blessed. I pray that in some small bit that the Lord allowed me to um, disciple you. And now you're this strong disciple that's discipling others. So what a blessing you are. I pray that the Lord just increase your ministry, that you continue to grow that people will begin to understand about the relationship with God and how they can overcome even, you know, difficult diagnoses and just still be thankful and demonstrate what it means to be a, a child of God. Thank you, Ronnie, again um, for your time. I, I, again, just will be praying for you. I'll be reading your book of prayers and, you know, I look at them on Facebook. Um, and so those of you out there, I hope that if you're feeling discouraged, especially during this Thanksgiving season, you know, go out to Ronnie's website and, and, and take a look at some of those prayers. And they'll, I'm sure they're going to uplift you through this season. Until next time, brothers and sisters, God bless you and see the sunrise. See Christ in your everyday situations. Amen.